And one of the things I feel like the Lord was showing me, and I wanted to say it this morning, is about children before I give my message. Uh, you know what? This is what happens to a lot of children, is they grow up in homes, well-meaning or not well-meaning, where parents speak stuff to their children they shouldn't say to them. They, they tell them a lot of negative things, tell them what they can't do and what, what they can't be. And, and some parents even shame their children. And it's destroying lives. And it's like what human beings do. We just pass down what we got. And we just keep passing along, passing along, passing along. And God is really looking for people who will rise up and break that cycle. Okay? And break that cycle in your life. Break that cycle over your children. And start telling your children who they really are in the Lord and whose they really belong to. And start speaking destiny over your children. And, and really, I just wanted to say, you, you and I, really, your children, your grandchildren, we need to start speaking the destiny of God over their life and stop saying negative stuff to them. Because God is not speaking negative to you. He'll tell you, well, you probably shouldn't do that. That probably wouldn't be healthy for you. you know. And if you do do that, you're gonna, there's going to be some consequences. But He doesn't just berate you when you have dreams in your heart and things you want to do. and He doesn't sit around and say, well, you can't do that. And... And shame on you when, you when you're bad, when you act bad, and all that kind of stuff. And so I just believe that God is really calling parents, uh, and I really felt, just particular dads, who have such a powerful influence. Obviously, moms do. Most moms are nicer than daddies, but, you know. <laughs> and granddads, yeah. Yes, sir, buddy. Boy, I tell you what, my grandkids, they're hearing nothing but what I believe God's saying to them from my mouth. I'm not telling them nothing. Uh, you know, if they do something bad, uh, I just pretty much say, well, guess what? I'm going to tell your daddy. <laughs> One time I was over here with Luke. It was about a year ago. There's a mud puddle formed out there because it had been raining. And we were walking. I said, Luke, don't walk in the water. you get your feet wet. So he walks right into the middle of it, stands and turns and looks at me. I said, Okay. That's fine with me if that's what you want to do. But when your mom and your dad gets here, I'm going to tell them what you did. I'm going to tell them. This is what I'm going to tell them. That you need to learn how to obey me when you're in my house. Okay? Instead of really coming down on them, you know, just giving them some good, some good wisdom. So there's wisdom in giving kids correction and direction, but there's no wisdom in putting them down. Here's another thing that I feel like is really important for children. You know, when your child, uh, you're sitting there at at supper table and, and they got french fries on their plate and you really want a french fry really bad. <laughs> you know? And you just grab their french fry and start eating it without asking them. It's disrespectful. See, a lot of parents don't realize we disrespect our children. So you wouldn't grab uh, somebody else's french fry. You would ask them, like, well, I'd love to have one of your french fries. And, you know, I can ask Luke, or any of my grandkids, can I have one of your french fries? They all give it to them. Now, one of my boys, I'm not going to mention which one, they're like, what? Why do you want my french fries for? That's what he was like. I want to eat them, Philip. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> don't tell Philip. I don't tell Philip I told on him. He's really funny when it comes to food and you're getting his food off the plate. Anyways, I think that's really important that we respect our children and give them the same respect, even though they're little, they're little, they deserve to be respected. There's boundaries that they have in our life that we shouldn't just assume we can cross just because we're their parents. Amen? And I believe when we begin to practice that, we're practicing how God the Father practices honoring us and blessing us and speaking destiny over our life. 
So that's what I felt, Lord. You know, another thing that happened, I was going to tell you this really terrible story that happened to me when Becky was leaving the women's retreat. I think the Lord really probably was moving at the women's retreat. Well, she, she, I, I said, well, call me when you get ready to leave, and I'll come and tell you goodbye, and I, you know, and watch y'all pack the car. And so I came, and she was saying, oh, you know, I just got a call from my family, and my brother's been put into the hospital uh, and then there's a fight in my family, and it's really terrible. There's a big meltdown. I said, well, you can't do anything about that. Just go on. And, and oh, by the way, the freezer is, is you know, freezing up, and water, it could leak, and there's water, and there's problems. And I said, oh, it's okay. And so I opened the freezer, and there was a, a, there's a little drain plug in the bottom, a little drain hole. So I decided I would stick my finger in this drain hole. Well, I did. And I really always frozen, and I went to pull my finger back, and I felt it cut really bad. And when it cut, I yanked my finger, and I screamed, and I started crying. And she was out in the yard, and there was blood everywhere. She ran in there, look, you you got to go to the doctor right now. I'm taking you to the doctor. I'm not going. <laughs> it was chaotic. You know... I, I, that moment, I, you know, you hear people going into shock when they get hurt. That hurt because when I, I cut it and ripped it, I thought I was going into shock there for a minute. I mean, I literally, it hurt incredibly. I don't think I've ever hurt that bad. But I finally said, no, I had I got it under the spigot, and I was seeing it, and it was looking really bad. It was really deep. And I was thinking, Lord, am I going to ever be able to play golf again? <laughs> What in the world is wrong with me? I'm thinking about golf, and maybe my finger is going to fall off. And... Well, anyway, I said, Becky, go ahead and leave, and I'll be all right. I'll go get stitches if I need to. I didn't get any. I just taped it up. But I just thought I'd tell you that just to, just to amuse you. But actually, it wasn't very amusing. It is now, though. Uh, so, um, you know, this morning I want to talk to you about something that uh, God obviously has on his heart. For us, because I didn't obviously think this is the direction I wanted to go, but you know, I wanted to. But I wanted to start. I wanted to share this uh, video with you um, to start the message. And then after we watch the video, I'll tell you a little bit how the video came about. It's about three minutes long, and so if we could go ahead and show that, Oliver, and good job, Oliver, and good job, worship team, wherever y'all are at. That was awesome. Thank you. It's called a leap of faith. How many, how many people in this room have taken a leap of faith in their life? Most people have. Um, this, this week, a, a friend of mine texted me out of the blue. I hadn't talked to him in a while. And he said, how you doing? I said, I'm doing good. He said, I need to talk to you. I said, okay, what are you going to talk about? Watch this video. So he sent me that. He said, I feel like I got, I'm fixing to take a leap of faith. I need you to talk and help me with this because I'm scared. I said, leap of faith? Lord, have mercy. And so I thought about leaps of faith. Um, and what happens a lot of times in all of our lives is we take a leap of faith, and sometimes the bridge doesn't show up. You know what I'm talking about. And uh, this song came to my mind when he was telling me he was going to take a leap of faith. I didn't tell him this exactly. It's called Free Falling. Yep. 
You ever heard that term, that song, I'm Free Fall? I think it's Tom Petty, yeah. I was hearing that song over this guy, Free Falling. How many people have free falled like that? So many people have. So many people have taken leaps of faith and and it didn't work out. And uh, then later uh, in the week, Anne Stepanek had a dream, and she said in the dream, uh, Becky and I were free, well, she didn't use the term free falling, but we were falling, kind of tumbling over, falling from a really high cliff that we had jumped off of. And she was thinking, why did they do that? And then we were hit, and there was a river down there, and we hit, but we hit close to the shore where it was shallow, and and um, then Becky came up, and she was okay, but I didn't show for a bit, and she heard Becky, you know, having some despairing moments. Uh, but then later, then the next scene, that she was in a hall, and she saw me in the hall with Becky, and I was okay, that I had gotten caught on something underwater, and it took me a little bit of time to to get free, to come come back to the surface. Well, you know, a lot of that will speak to your life, you know, when you when you do free fall. Uh, and I'm assuming you free, you have free fall before. It, if you haven't, you haven't done anything in the Lord. And a lot of people free fall, and uh, there are rocks down there that you may hit. Uh, and those rocks would be like disappointment and discouragement that things didn't really work out in your life. I've seen so many people make a step of faith and because the thing didn't work, they were crushed in their hearts. And slowly but surely their, their spirituality started going away. They, they, life became sort of bland to them. It became sort of gray to them. That's, see, that's what happens to us. And the things that used to excite them and, and, and used to cause passion to burn in their heart no longer burned in their heart. That's a person who has free fall, but they didn't really fall into the arms of the Lord. They fell on these rocky places. You, you see, we get to choose where we fall. We, we don't, and the truth is, you see, we can mess everything up when it comes to a life of faith. We can mess it up, but God always makes it right. God's, God's always right in what He does. Okay, it's our response of when we do step out like Indiana did, and, but there's no invisible bridge. There's people in this room right now, I promise you, you're not in good shape spiritually because you stepped and there was no bridge. And you free fell. And you hit. And you are discouraged. And you are questioning things in your life right now. You're questioning things about your spiritual life. You're questioning about your ability to hear God. You know, all that's normal. Let me... In, say that to you. That's not a bad thing to do. I've done it a million times uh, when I miss the Lord. It's like, am I hearing God? Do I really know God's voice? Do I, do, do I know anything, Lord? Or am I just, am I just in a dream here, a, a, a bad dream, a nightmare? And so I really want to encourage you today. God really wants to, for you to make some choices and your decisions in your life about steps of faith. Okay, because God is a God of faith. God is a God who lives in a realm of faith. He, faith is something He wants us to operate in all the time. Amen? And so, I wanted to share just a few things about faith. I know you've probably heard a million things on faith, but I got my own version of 
First John 5, 4, it says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Isn't that beautiful? Whatever. Notice it didn't say whoever. You'd think it would say whoever, but it doesn't say whoever. It says whatever. Whatever is born of God overcomes this world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. The victory, and see what God is saying, what, the, what John is saying there, faith is born of God. Real true faith is born of God. And that is what, that's our victory. That's how we are over, able to overcome this world and live a victorious life. Is, is faith that's born of God. There can be, there's other kinds of faith, I hate to tell you, that's not born of God. And that does not overcome the world. Even uh, you can have a, 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 the faith is born of God and still free fall, though. Let me just tell you that. I hate to tell you that. But it's so true. Let me read the book of, of Hebrews eleven thirty nine. You thought I was going to read eleven one, but I tricked you. I'm going to read eleven thirty nine and 40. And 12, 1 through 2. You, did you know the, the book of Hebrews is known the book, as the book of better things? Okay, that's what they call it. The book of better things. It's about a dozen things in the book of Hebrews that it talks about that are better things. It's, it's just an amazing thing. And one of those things that's a better thing is a better faith. Okay, there's a better faith that God has. Listen to this. It says, all these having attained a good t- testimony through faith did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. They should not be made perfect. These are people who lived before the resurrection. Okay? That's the faith that they had. See, there was a faith that was operating in the world before the resurrection. Therefore, Hebrews 12, 1, Therefore, we all, since, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight... And the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author, listen, it's the author and finisher of our faith. Wow, this is powerful. Who for the joy, see now this is, this is all this is getting, who for the joy set before him. In other words, he's saying the way Jesus authored and finished our faith, perfected our faith, was he had to go through the cross. Okay, so the cross, let me say, is a, is a demarcation in faith. There's, it's a de- you know, there's faith before the cross and there's faith after the cross. Hebrews tells us the faith before the cross is one kind of faith. After the cross, it's a better faith. Okay? Are y'all with me? Uh, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God Almighty. See, here's the thing we, that God wants to do for us. He wants us to know something. That God has given each one of us the better faith. Okay? That's, that's what the Bible really teaches. He's given us this better faith. The faith, the literally the faith of Christ. Okay? Now this is really important. Okay? Because you can have faith apart from Christ. You can have faith apart from Christ, but this, that's not the faith that's born from God, and that's not the faith that's going to help you overcome in this life and have victory. You, 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 can, just, you can mark that on your calendar. Everybody in this room's got some levels of faith. You're sitting in a chair believing that that chair could hold you up. Nobody in the world would sit in a chair if they didn't think it would hold you up. That's, that's faith. You get, anyways, Galatians 2.20, Paul said, uh, listen, this is what he said. Okay, he said, he said, I'm crucified with Christ, right? I'm crucified with Christ. I know longer than but but I live by the faith, what? 
of the Son of God. That's, that's what Paul said. The faith of the, he didn't say I didn't live by faith in. I, I know it's translated that way, but the literal the literal words there that were written that Paul wrote, he didn't say I don't live by the faith in Christ. I live by the faith of Christ. Okay, there's a big difference of having faith in God to be able to do something versus having literally the faith of God. There's a big difference. There's a big difference between my faith and God's faith. And so Jesus in in Mark 11, when he was talking about speaking to the mountains, after he went through that whole deal with those guys and explained why, you know, he dried up the tree and all that, he said this, he gave an invitation, have faith. The faith of God. He didn't say have faith in God like a lot of modern translations. Have the faith. It was an invitation to his disciples to receive something into their life that was going to have a big impact on their life. The faith of God. Now this is a big deal. Okay? Because your faith eventually is going to stop working. Your faith is going to eventually. But the faith of God never stops working. You know, the Bible tells us that de- demons believe. Uh, James 2.19 says, You believe that there's one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Okay? Even the demons. Just mere belief in, that God can move a mountain does not change anything. But God's faith to move a mountain will change everything. Now, let's just let that sink in. Demons have faith. Demons believe. We can say we believe in God. We believe God can heal cancer. We believe God can do this. But nobody gets healed. Why? Because we're operating in a different faith. We're not operating in the faith of God. Because when God's faith speaks to a mountain, you you know what that mountain's going to do? It's going to run away. And you see, God wants us to know that's the faith. You see, the devil's got us confused. He's got us tricked about the whole faith thing. And so we're trying to get faith and do this and do that, and the Bible does not really teach that. Let me read uh, Romans 12, 3. Are y'all okay? Y'all looking at me badly. It says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has given each one of us a measure of faith. He didn't tell us how much he gave us, how little, how big or in. He just says, God has given you faith. Okay? God didn't give you human faith. God gave you His faith. That's how people get saved. You could not get saved. I have literally prayed with people for salvation, and I knew they did not get saved because they were, op- they were operating in, a, in a, a natural belief, not a spiritual belief. I had one person once tell me this. He was like the most honest, lost person you would ever find on the earth. He said this to me. I shared the gospel with him. And he looked at me with these desperate eyes. I wish I could believe that. I wish I could believe that. And I knew sincerely at that moment that man could not believe what I was saying. Therefore, that man could not get saved. You know? And so what happens to a person when we get saved? It's like God loans us his faith. It's like he gives us enough faith when he speaks to us that we can actually have a salvation encounter. And that's how people are really saved. That's why you see some people who make a confession 
Nothing ever changes in their life. They stay the same. Their life's the same. There's no difference in them because they, didn't, they weren't operating out of the faith of God. They were operating on some natural, natural faith. So, now Jesus, when he was on earth, talked about some different levels of faith because he talked about people who had little faith and great faith. But remember, that was before the cross. Okay, that was before the cross. So, there were people who had some mighty faith a few people in the Bible, a couple people anyway, I think at least two people where he spoke about their, their great faith. And he fussed at his disciples because they had little faith. You know, little faith. But there was not an impartation of faith that came to them at that time. Okay? Here's what Jude said. This is beautiful. Jude 1, 21, 20 through 21. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most, listen, most holy faith. Most holy faith. What is the most holy faith? The most holy faith is God's faith. That's what Jude's trying to tell us here. There's a, there's a most holy faith. It's the faith of God. And Jude is saying we need to be built up into that. And it's not a matter of trying to get more faith. You know, God, give me, I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray to get more faith. No, that ain't going to work. That's a, that's a delusional thought. What we need to do is realize, you know what? God wants to impart Faith, God has imparted faith. I need to be built up in the faith that God has given me in my heart. His faith, the most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit, that's a, one of the ways you do that. Put simple, that's praying in tongues. I don't care what anybody else in this room says or anybody in the world says. That's what praying in the Holy Spirit means right there. It means praying in the Spirit. It's using the prayer language that God wants everybody to have, every human. And if you don't have it, you can have it. Okay, because God wants, that's a way, when you begin to pray that way, when you begin to pray in the Spirit, your faith gets built up. It gets built up, it gets strengthened. Are you with me? Then the other thing it'll, it will happen, it, it, that'll help us stay in faith, and is keeping ourselves in the love of God. It's not believing uh, bad things about God, that God's not angry, that God is not joyful, and God's unhappy with you. And another thing is looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. When we begin to do that, it causes this most holy faith in us to begin to be built up in us. And when we get this faith going, we can begin to operate from that faith. Are you all okay? So don't try to get faith. That's the thing. Stop that. Stop that. Stop trying to get, oh, i got to have more faith. Mm-mm. You've already got all the faith, you, really, you just need to be built up in your faith. You've got faith. God imparted to you when you were born again. It's in you. It's alive in you. It's His faith. It's the most holy faith. Philemon 1.6, that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging, listen to this, of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The communication of your faith may become effectual. It may become active. It may begin to work in you by what? Acknowledging what God has already done. The first thing we need to do to see our faith get activated like that is to acknowledge we actually have His faith. Okay, when we begin to acknowledge God has given me his faith. At the cross, when Christ was risen from the dead, he imparted faith into my heart. His faith. I got the same faith that Christ had. And when we begin to acknowledge that, begin to communicate that, plus then we begin to communicate all the other things that God has done in our life, walking in, the, in faith. 
Isn't that, isn't that awesome? And what happens when we begin to do that, we can, it says communicating. It's, you know, the Bible's big on speaking things. We can begin to speak for things out of our mouth, out of the faith of God, and it begin to change things. We can begin to create an atmosphere around us. We can begin to change things. We can begin to speak the things. This is important. This is really important. I think the meaning of that word acknowledges to admit, to recognize, report the receipt of. To admit, to recognize, to report the receipt of. Somebody here needs to make a report that you've received the faith of God. Somebody needs to say, I've received the faith of God. I've got God's faith. I've got the same faith that Christ had when He walked on this earth. And that's how Christ was able to do what He did because He had this most holy faith operating. And when He spoke, things happened. All righty. Hebrews eleven six. This is one of my favorite ones. It says, But without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so here's the the truth is, here's the truth. God's pleased with you already because he gave you faith. See, God already, this scripture is already fulfilled in your life as a believer. You don't have to do anything to, to, to get God to be pleased with you. Because you already have the faith of God in you. He says, without faith, you can't please Him. He says, well, I'm going to make sure you please me by imparting my faith into you. You have my faith operating in you right this minute. Right this minute. And so I'm already pleased with you. And that can really make a profound impact on your life when you know that God the Father is pleased with you. The other scripture I wanted to, to read was Romans 10, 17. We, everybody knows this one. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word, uh, word there, that word, word, is rhema. You know, there's two kinds of word, two words for words in the Bible. One of them is logos, which we would think is, as the scripture. And the other is rhema, is what we would think is God's spoken word. And so here's what it's saying. is this faith comes when God speaks to us and it's released into our life. Okay, a, a now word into our life, that's how our faith comes alive. God speaks it and we receive it because we've had this encounter with the Lord. If you remember last week, I talked about Moses. Moses had this encounter with the Lord at a burning bush. And out of that encounter, God shared his heart with Moses about what he wanted to do. Moses had faith at that moment to do something that he did not have faith to do before. Okay? Because he had an encounter with God, he heard something from God. And I gave you that scripture in Isaiah. I'm going to give it to you again because I love it. Uh, Isaiah had this encounter with the Lord. He had this mighty, you know, God came and into the room, you know, <laughs> just like the dream come true. But the dream come true was, you know, a, a, a terrible moment in his life because in the presence of the Lord, you know, it's a scary thing. Our God is a consuming fire. When God shows up in a powerful, manifest way, things happen to us. Our flesh gets chilled. Our, you know, we're exposed. Every thought we have, every feeling we had. Buddy, you'll know somebody who's had an pre- uh, encounter with the presence of the Lord. They're not flippant about it because it scares them. Most people get scared, I mean really scared. And God, that's why God just doesn't come and show, show up in powerful ways all the time because it would, we, would, you're talking about, we would run away from it. 
you know, you tell, here's what you do. You tell the Lord, Lord, you're going to come. Don't listen to anything I say in this moment because I'm going to tell you to leave and stop because I'm scared. But don't listen to me. I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen. And so that's what Isaiah, he said, woe is me. Woe is me. I'm in trouble. And this man was a prophet of God. But he said, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. That's how you feel when God shows up like that. Like, oh, Lord, I am so sorry. I, 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 that's why, you know, that's the first thing. He goes, I'm so sorry, Lord. I, I've been terrible, Lord. I've just lived this terrible life, and I've messed up so much. You know what I'm talking about? That's the first thing that comes out of my mouth when God's presence really comes at me. Because I feel, you, you feel the difference between yourself and God. You feel His holiness and His awesomeness. And it makes you feel like nothing. You, you know, you, you feel so, and then the Lord has to help you. But the Lord, you know, helped Isaiah and took the coal from the altar and touched him. And, and then after he had this encounter, it says, And I heard the, the voice of the Lord saying, I heard God speaking Okay, who shall go for us? Whom shall I send and, and who will go for us? That's where faith got, came alive. And so what happens with a lot of people is I think sometimes we uh, don't have this experience with the Lord. And we, there's things we want to do with our life. Okay, and we step out and God doesn't meet us. Does, are, am I talking to anybody? We step out and God doesn't meet us. And then we get upset with God or we become internally frustrated with God. Okay? And we become internally disappointed. Maybe it's not on the surface of your life, but inside of you you're disappointed with God. And you question God because you feel like, you know, you're trying to do what you believe He wanted you to do. But sometimes it's not really really God. I'm just going to say this. I've... I've done this, I know. I've stepped out, believing God, thanking God, hoping God, but it really wasn't God. And see, God wants to tell you this. He is not obligated to do anything for, for you and I when we do that. But He does make it right for you. He will catch you. He will let you fall into His arms when we do that. He really will because God makes everything right. But really what God is wanting to do is He wants to get you to a place where you're stepping out because you've really heard something from God. Not because you're wanting to do something. Okay, just because you want to do something doesn't mean you should do it. Now, I, I, this is what I think, okay, now I've just said all this, is I think... We're coming to a time where God's going to ask some people in this room to make a leap of faith. Okay? I think what God's going to be doing in the earth, He's going to require us to make a leap of faith. And what we have to do is make sure our disappointment from our last leap of faith when we hit the rock bottom doesn't keep us from making the next leap of faith. That, that's really the key for you. Is The key is to say, you know what? I can't explain all that. I really can't explain why I thought that was really the Lord, but it, none of it really worked out. In fact, it was, it was a, sort of a crash and burn in my life. And I've got a few of those. That may be what Ann was dreaming about, one of my later crash and burns. 
You know, but you know what I thought? She said she saw us in the hallway. I thought, that's the Hall of Faith, man. I still showed up in the Hall of Faith. I mean, I may have fell off a long ledge and really blew it really bad. I mean, totally blew it. You know, but I showed up in the Hall of Faith. You know, as far as God was concerned, He was happy with that. Uh, You know, sometimes this is what we hear from God, okay? We hear Him speak to us. We really do. But we have this presumptuous thing on how God wants to fulfill that in our life. In other words, we've heard God speak. We're taking a step of faith, and God was saying, you know what, I didn't really say that's how I wanted to fulfill that in your life. You you made that step, and I didn't really put the bridge there for that because the bridge is really down the road. Or the bridge is on the other side of the road, and you're going in that direction. And I never asked you to do that. That was something out of your own heart. And you really never gave me a chance to explain to you how I was going to do this. I think there's people in this room right here, right now, that are in that state. Because I think a lot of people in this room can really hear the Lord. Really hear the Lord. But I think a lot of you are stumbling because of the how God wants to fulfill it in your life. Y'all the happiest bunch in the world. All right. Lord have mercy, right? Hey, I'm preaching to myself if I'm preaching to anybody in this room. I've, I have done so many things that didn't work out. I could, oh gosh. I would really like, Lord, you know, the, the acknowledge of every good thing in you in Christ Jesus. I had to think, I can tell you thing after thing after thing I've done, Okay that have cost me huge. And I was step out, stepping out in faith. Cost me huge. In fact, you would be saying, why in the heck are you even in here this morning if you really knew some of the mistakes I've made? You know, and here's why. Because God makes everything right, and I've let Him make it right in my life. And you know what? I'm not scared to make another leap of faith. I'm really not. I'm not scared. I'm, I'm saying to the Lord, I'm ready to make this leap of faith. You know, Lord, I, I get free-falling. I've done it so much, and i hit rocks. I've hit stuff. I've... So first I want to say this. How many in this room, I want you to stand up. If you feel like you made a leap of faith and it didn't work out, and somehow you feel like you're, you've gotten into disappointment or something, I'm... I'm being serious now. If that's you, stand up. I want to pray for you right now. You feel like you've done that. And it's like, you know, I've just done it. I'm just not doing this no more, Lord. Forget it. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good for us to acknowledge that. I'm, I'm standing up with you. So I'm going to pray for you. And here's what I'll suggest you do. Whatever it was, I think you need to let it go. That's what I think you should do. I think you should just let it go. And sort of like hit the reset button. Like, you know what, I can't, you know, Lord, if you want that to happen still, you're going to have to bring it up your way. But I'm just going to, I'm going to be done with that now. Because I want to move on, Lord, and I don't want to be stuck with something from the past where it didn't work out. And I'm all, I'm, all, I'm all messed up. So, Lord, I just pray. I pray for every person in this room that stood up, Lord. Lord, who needs a, who need, Lord, we all need a fix that's for you to fix our faith at times. Sometimes our faith gets wounded. 
Sometimes we get hurt. Sometimes we get disappointed. Sometimes we make mistakes. And Lord, sometimes the enemy is just able to take advantage of us. And so I ask you, Lord, right now for, for our faith to be healed. That you would release healing on people's faith right now. That you would pour the oil of heaven into hearts right now. Just pour your oil from heaven right into these hearts. Because the Bible says with the heart you believe. That's where your, your pain's at. That's where your disconnect is at. Just let the Holy Spirit rub your heart with His hand this morning. Rub those disappointments. Rub those questions. Rub those things that just bother you. Those terrible memories of failure. It didn't work out. Or God didn't do what I thought God was going to do. It was opposite. I just want to let you just stand there a minute and let, let the Lord touch you and heal you. Let the Lord touch you and heal you and do what only Jesus can do. Only Jesus can go into a man's heart. Only Jesus sees into our heart. And just whatever it is, just I just really want to encourage you to let go of it because if it's really the Lord, the Lord will bring it back up for you. But it would be better for you to let go. Just let go of that dream right now. It's, it's, if, if, if it's God's dream for your life, God will bring the dream back to you. He'll bring it back if it's God's dream. If it's not God's dream, God will give you a better dream. God will give you a better dream. God's always into the better. So just I encourage you to say to the Lord, I, I, let, I let it go, Lord. I just, I just let it go. And when people ask you about it, you can say, I don't know. I just had to let it go. I couldn't work it out. I don't know. I felt like God spoke to me. I believed it was the Lord. I did what I could, but it just didn't work. It's okay. It's all right. The Lord, that's what he would say to you. It's all right. God is not disappointed in you. Nobody's disappointed in you. We love you. You're faith warriors. And now I want you to say, Lord, I just want to receive a, a fresh impartation of the most holy, of your most holy faith. Lord, I don't want to use my faith no more. I want to use your faith. So I reach out today, Lord. I reach out as just symbolic, it's in us, but symbolic, we're reaching out to receive the faith of the Son of God, to come alive in us. And your faith would be activated and your, your dreams would be activated. Your vision would be activated. The things of God suddenly would become colorful to you again. And so the, the black and white, the gray would just go away. And, and color would come back into your life. And you would dream again. And you'd feel vigor from the Holy Spirit in your heart today again. And you would say, I'm a risk taker again. I'm going to step out again, Lord. I'm here. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Let me hear the cry of your heart. Let me hear what's on your heart, Lord, today. Let me hear it in a fresh way, in a new way. Lord, you say you make all things new. You make all things new. You're a God of newness. And Lord, I pray today there'd be renewal in this room, in people's hearts in their faith, Lord, in their dreams, and the things they feel like you've called them to do. Lord, some of you need to find a new spouse. Mm, some of you need to let go of the one who's gone. God has something different for you now. It's time. It's a new day for you.
Mm, some of you need to let go of your ministry that didn't work and it just failed and it's over. God has something better for you. He has a greater ministry. He has a greater anointing. He has greater power for you. God cannot anoint you and God cannot give you what He wants you to give you as long as you're holding on to what was. Let go of it and God will be able to enable you and give you more. Thank you, Lord. Just receive there for another moment. Say, Holy Spirit, I receive all you have for me. I'm not going to live a colorless Christian life. I'm going to live a Christian life that's full of color. It's full of color, Lord, because you're colorful. You're colorful, Lord. You have a lot to do in the earth. You have a lot to say. You have a lot of things that you want to accomplish, Lord. You're looking for people who's willing to to get up from the rocks today and crawl into the arms of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I bless these people in this room. I thank you for them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. That was another funny thing that uh, I was... That Pat, Mayor Pat, not Mayor Governor McCroy, when he was the mayor of Charlotte back in the 90s, 1996, they did the Billy Graham Crusade at uh, Panther Stadium. It was awesome. We went, uh, and he said there were like seventy something thousand people in the stadium, and the the uh, mayor of Charlotte, and I think he said the governor of South Carolina. I think that's the way it was. Was with him, and they were with Billy Graham, and they rode out out, you know, out of the into the field on a golf cart with Billy Graham. And he said everybody was cheering, and he said it was just awesome, you know, and awesome, obviously it was an awesome moment. And they were waving at the crowd, you know, how politicians do. They wave, yes, and do what they do. And then Billy Graham turned around and said, this is about God, this ain't about us. <laughs> he said both of them immediately put their hands down. You know, this is about God. This, isn't that a beautiful thing? We shared that a little bit. Like, like, this is all about God. This is what we're doing. It's about Him. It's not about us. God is, God is very interested in using us in what He's doing and His plan in the earth. I, I feel in my heart, I just feel like God wants to, really wants to do a lot of things. You know, and I feel everywhere I'm going now, I'm feeling like God's got like, hey, this, I'm interested in that guy. Over there, I've, I've been like, "What are you interested in?" Well, just go and just talk to him, and you'll know. Well, I, God is just doing stuff everywhere, and if we'll open our hearts up, we'll begin to see God, and we'll be willing to step out, you know, and speak to people or whatever it is that God's put in you, you know, and you'll begin to see God move in your life and start to do things. It takes a little courage, okay? It really does take a little courage. Okay, even to do the little thing, but God is moving in the earth, and He's looking for people. He's looking for people, just like you and I, where He can say, listen, would you be willing to listen to, to what's on my heart? Would you be willing just to, to take a moment and listen and stop what you're doing for a moment and, and get, put your agenda down for a minute and listen to what I'm saying and what I'm doing? Do you think I put you in this place just... To go to work every day, don't you think there's these people here that I might I might have some interest in? You know, I mean, or do you think you just went to the grocery store to buy groceries? Don't you think I have some interest in what's going on in this grocery store? Or don't you think I have some interest in this community I, I planted you in? And he's looking for people who will just say, you know, I would like to sort of know what you're doing, Lord. I'm, I'm kind of interested in what you're saying because I'm disinterested in what... 
everybody else is doing. You know? I'm disinterested in just living a normal life. I'm interested in, in living a supernatural life. That's what I'm interested in. Well, it just starts what I'm talking to you. It's a simple thing to do this. Is make yourself available to the Lord. And not worry about the rejection and the failure that you've gone through. And as we begin to do that, God will begin, because God's looking for vessels. Just, just available. Available vessels. That's all he's looking for. He's not looking for the best ones. Obviously, he's not. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't be here talking to you. Like, well, you're the best one in here. No, I don't think so. I probably, you know, if you knew, I was probably one of the worst ones in here. He's just looking for available people. Tell the Lord, say, Lord, I'm available. I I really am available, Lord. Tell him that. Say, Lord, I'm available. I'm available, Lord. Holy Spirit, I'm available for you to use me. This is what I like to do, Lord. Tell him what you like to do. And if you'd like to use me in any of those things, that would be awesome, Lord. But just in case you have some other way you want to use me, that will be more awesome. I'm willing to do whatever you want to do. Anything you show me, I'm in, Lord. I'm in. That's a dangerous statement. Yeah, amen. Well, Lord bless you. We're going to have a ministry team come up here. Right? Do we have a ministry team? Somebody help. Why have we got so many women on the ministry team? Y'all come on out here. Yeah, yeah. Come on here. We want to pray for people always. This morning, number one, I don't know everybody in the room, just in case Christ is not your Lord and Savior, come up here and let Him become your Lord and Savior because He's waiting on you. His door is open to you. And here's what you're going to find out when you open your heart up to Him. You're going to find out His heart is totally open to you. The most wonderful thing is going to happen to you. You're going to be born again and you're going to begin to experience God in a real way, and you're going to fall in love with God. And then, Amen? That's wonderful. And then anybody else who just wants to get a more of a touch, got some great men and one woman <laughs> up here who can really bring the presence of God into your life. God bless you, bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name, amen.